Hey guys, welcome to Wrestling with Fetish. Today is, what is this, July 30th, 2020, and we are balls deep in COVID uh, here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm sure uh, wherever the hell you are, this country has gone completely bananas. Uh, so I hope you're staying safe. <laughs> I hope you're staying safe, and uh, I hope you guys are, you know, doing what you're supposed to to, to get through this. Uh, but uh, we decided to to do another podcast for you guys because we have a lot of free time. And one of my favorite people in the world um, said yes to uh, giving us another chat, and that would be the lovely Vika. Hello, hello. And Vika is joining us via Zoom. So, uh, well, Zoom doesn't pay me, so fuck it. Uh, but yeah, I like Zoom. Zoom's great. Um, I actually had somebody say the other day, it's like, hey, can I Skype you on Zoom? Oh, huh. And, yeah, that was okay. some math. <laughs> it, took, it took me a second to do that math. I was like, oh, Skype, Skype has become a verb. It's kind of like when you, <laughs> like, I, oh, go, go Xerox these. And meanwhile, you know, the, the machine's not, not made by Xerox. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so how, uh, let's start off with the obvious question. Um, how are you? doing in uh, this uh, dystopian, uh, plague-ridden reality that we exist in? Um, You know, I am very privileged with and fortunate to have a lot of good people in my life that have really helped me get through all this and have supported me emotionally, physically, mentally. Financially, definitely some of that in there, too. Um, You know, I can say with a pretty high degree of confidence, I think I'm weathering it better than, unfortunately, a lot of of people are. So I'm very, very lucky. My parents have, you know, been healthy and happy through all this, and they've been, you know, somebody to lean on if, you know, bills were kind of hard at one point because, you know, I used to tour. I used to tour like crazy. And honestly, that's in retrospect, manically is probably the best word. What was your, what was your touring, uh, touring rate? Like uh, how often would you uh, leave town? I, fuck man. I mean, I think I did like at least half a year on the road last year, maybe like five months out of the year. It was crazy. Um, and I would go on like these giant, you know, month long tours, two month, three month long tours. And, you know, that was obviously my bread and butter because it was, you know, with quick cash and I had, you know, a ton of contacts nationwide. And then all of a sudden, you know, all that came to a grinding halt. And, you know, I have alternative means of income that have really helped me through it all. But my parents have, you know, helped me out in a few tight spots and I'm really, really thankful. And uh, I have really good friends in my life, too, and they've really been here for me and kept me company. I uh, got to know a friend that I've known for three years a little closer during all this uh, COVID quarantine, so I'm not particularly complaining about that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been too bad. You were a lot like me uh, and, uh, and my wife in that we... We like to travel, like whether it's for work or, you know, going across the, you know, across the pond and checking out other places and then trying to work out there. I think we did like a work tour out in in London. Um, And so once that, once COVID stepped in and kind of killed that, it, it, that's what really ramped up. I think the anxiety is the getting so, so used to being able to just, you know, take off and then not being able to, and then having to 
become kind of like a hermit crab. Has that impacted your psychology at all? Yeah, yeah, you know, um, I actually just got back from a visit to Houston to visit my parents, and man, I needed it. Yeah, just I to see. be like on my own, just driving somewhere and getting. Your parents are baller, by the way. They have a killer house. I was like, I was kind of jealously looking yeah. at your photos. Yeah, it's 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 pretty fantastic. They have two trees that need a couple more years of growing before like there's definitely like Vika approved level of privacy. <laughs> um, but for now, my mom made sure to put like some really thick blinds because, of course, the hot tub faces into their bedroom. And I'm like, well, shit, I enjoy skinny dipping in here. <laughs> so it's like almost perfection paradise. But yeah, they've they spent their whole entire time digging outside and they've made it. It's 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 amazing. They have so much growing and everything like I brought half a watermelon from my mom's garden back home. But uh, anyways, yeah, you know, it, it was really nice to just go somewhere and see them and you know I don't particularly enjoy driving alone I had a friend um, drive from uh, Tampa to Houston with me and I drove back by myself and man I had a lot of really good clarity I just you know had some thoughts in my own head for a little while and then I started reading a book um, I mean I always forget the order of the name the title it's hold tight let me find it on my audible um, guns germs and steel oh okay all the things of that, which was fantastic. And then a little Marcus Aurelius meditation when I got bored of like history. Um, and it was just great. It was great to get going. And I stopped in New Orleans uh, for a night uh, to actually pick up some art from a friend. And it was a little bit surreal because usually I do a pit stop in New Orleans. And it's just it's one of my favorite cities in the country. And I just enjoy walking around and enjoying, you know, the music and the art and like all the fucking oysters I can afford. Nice. My credit card gets declined, and I didn't get to do that this time. But it was still like a little speck of normalcy. I um, uh, I kind of went through the same thing where I spent the first month or so pretty much locked up, and um, and I was going through a bunch of stuff too at the time. So it was it was a it was kind of this weird uh, depression that that hits you when you see the same thing every day. And um, and obviously, I mean, I appreciate what I have. I love my home, and I love you know just my backyard and being able to like get you know get in a hot tub if you're bones are aching but I, I remember specifically my father dropping by and he's like hey I was gonna go pick up some stuff at the at the uh, you know hardware store do you want to come and I was like yeah dude let's go and it was so weird to like just be happy to see a different tree you know what I mean just to see like a new building that you had like, seen the window and just like oh my god trees oh my god sidewalk <laughs> yeah. you know, and just like really enjoy the car ride like what a privilege a car ride you know like, I'm out of the house like just seeing seeing a, a new store was I had that feeling that that like at the end of like the Shawshank Redemption, <laughs> fucking yeah. Mor Morgan Freeman running towards Andy Dufresne and it was just me and like a new uh, new Dwayne Reed or something like that. But yeah. but yeah, so I'm glad you're you're uh, you've been doing good mentally. That's good. Um, it was kind of odd because like I said, you know, I um I've had this friend in town that I met like the week I moved to Florida. And we were just really good friends for the last three years. And the beginning of quarantine, we actually ended up more or less shacking up at my apartment uh, together with my roommate and my dog. So it was a ton of people. So it was kind of odd. You know, I had a, a lot of change in my life on top of physically being limited from going to a lot of places. And yeah. 
I definitely never for a second was bored because, you know, I have a dog now that I had all this opportunity to go take her on long walks and be healthy with her and train her, as well as, you know, the company of um, a good friend who was my roommate and, you know, a good friend who became my partner. Um, so it kind of, it, it was a really good distraction from just sitting alone in four walls going like, shit, you know, I'm, because I actually, like, the day all the, like, official Okay, quarantine restrictions went into place. I was actually supposed to be on a plane out to Spain to meet up with my aunt and then go to Russia. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, like, I, I almost got stranded because I was about to get on the flight, and then everything kept getting, like, rescheduled and rescheduled. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of bitter at the very beginning because I had this, you know, $1,000 invested in tickets that got, you know, taken away from me and never refunded. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but then I kind of came home, and I situated myself in the little nest of coziness and happiness and you know it didn't really feel like I needed to go somewhere and like I really missed that like pace of my lifestyle until really it's now and like more time has gone by and you know now it's like really sinking in I'm like shit you know yeah it's been a minute like it's not you know just a week or two or a month like it's been a few months of where I've had the opportunity to just get up and go tour somewhere for work and so I feel like now it's getting a little bit more antsy-pantsy, but it is what it is. Yeah, we're, we're, we're being very careful, um, just trying to do, oh, God, uh, just, you know, keeping it uh, to, to no shoots right now. We're not doing any shoots, um, and we're just going to kind of play it by ear and see what they say, because it, every time you think it, this, this thing is kind of receding, uh, just there's a whole new wave of idiots who aren't wearing their, their fucking masks. And so, you know, home right now I was like, Texas gas stations were, you know, not the best example, but like most people were wearing masks, like Alabama gas stations were fine. Mississippi gas stations were fine. Dude, I crossed into Florida. I had to like stop for gas, like within 20 miles of the border. First gas station I go into is also like a subway and it's just like people like coughing on each other. It's like into their oh face. Oh my God. Florida, shit, come on. Like you're 20 miles from the border. Like, please. It was uh, really just upsetting. Really just genuinely, genuinely upsetting. But Oh well, I mean, you know, hopefully uh, there's no way to tell where this is going to go, but hopefully it'll it'll end well somehow. I mean, we just got to keep hoping for that. But let's move on to a, a I guess like a less tragic topic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it is still COVID related, but now I'm kind of curious as to how it's affected your your output. How are you How are you making the ends meet? Beside, well, in the world of fetish, I know you've got a couple of side gigs that you're working on. But have you been able to shoot anything at all, like solo clips or, or release old stuff or anything like that to keep the content fresh? Um, yes and no. Yeah, I've been taking a couple customs, but I, I'm definitely just not overwhelming myself because my partner um, is helping me with filming and editing. And, you know, it's a learning curve for him because he's not familiar with the programs I use or just, you know, the system that I do all this in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think long term the plan would be to finally get through my 10,000 different clips and get them all edited and, you know, finally get them up on Clips for Sale or so. But I've been able to make ends meet fairly decently with, you know, a couple of customs here and there. And, um, you know, that's really kind of been fine. Uh, some of them have been really fun. I got to have my card stuck at the mud a few days ago. Um, some of them have just been easier, you know, trying to shoot in my tiny apartment. And now that I'm spending more time at his place, um, I'm actually fortunate enough to have 
him give me the loft, which um, I have like a little office desk set up for, you know, all my naughty secretary themes I want to do and like <laughs> couch with the background, you know, an empty nice clear shooting space. So uh, I think once we get just a few more kind of things ironed out, I, I'm ready to go more full steam and see, you know, having a higher turnover rate with customs. Has but, it been, uh, has it been um, uh, what's the word, uh, has it been uh, just just solo videos at this point, like POV stuff or? Um, well, yeah, like the stuff that I've shot with my, like the customs I've gotten were all just of me. Um, yeah, like I haven't shot with any other models. I have a friend that I, you know, have kind of been staying in touch with, but I don't want to mix and mingle with too many other models and like inviting yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, like, that's... It's just too much, and you know, it's honestly kind of scary because I've gotten to chat with some of them, and some of them are just very bluntly like, "Oh yeah, my kid goes to daycare," and I'm like, "Well, shit, you know, that's fantastic, but great, like, nice to know that." And then there, <laughs> like, um, a producer I worked with, she had a girl that canceled like the day before because uh, she tested positive for COVID. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, I was supposed to be like in super close proximity with her for you know four hours and like close call so it's just not worth it you know I I rather just shoot my own stuff and again because my partner is kind of learning the ropes of how video production is it's just easier if it's just the two of us and yeah yeah that's the safe thing to do um, uh, no that's that's smart um, you know I've had that itch where I'm like well what if I try to do a safe uh, shoot, uh, and it just, I can't bring myself to do it, um, just because you never know. I mean, anybody who is, you know, says they're clean, first of all, you're, you, you, you're not in their shoes. You don't know where they've been. Um, mm -hmm. And on top of that, even if they get a, a clean bill of health, let's say Wednesday, they might come into contact with somebody Thursday, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is like kind of like going back to like industry testing. It's like yeah, great. Sort of, yeah. I'm like, I have a Sure, I might have been clean when I got tested, but that doesn't mean, you know, two days later I couldn't have gotten some, you know, heebie-jeebies and passed it on. So it's fine. It's been, it's been nice just to kind of scale back and not have 10,000 different people involved in my life and just focus on, focus on, you know, what's immediately close to me and what's important. So I agree. And I'm, I'm considering possibly doing like maybe in the two, like maybe two months from now, if it feels like things are easing up, maybe doing some POV shoots with, uh, with somebody uh, who's obviously been tested, but also in a situation where I can kind of keep my safe distance and wear a mask okay. while I'm filming, that kind of thing. You just need to get like a drone that will like follow your face <laughs> and do like face recognition and will just like hover around you while you can like do some wrestling with a model. And that way it's just like one other person and you just have like a little following drone filling everything for you that'd be kind of cool i mean technology has to be there we can put people you know into space i mean i guess it depends on on how much of that beautiful sound that drones make you want in the back of your fetish videos that's not part of it <laughs> yeah i think that's a boner killer that's that's a boner killer for some i i, I i've yeah. got to imagine um, i mean okay i guess those you know yeah sound fetishists are disappointed but yeah that is what yeah there could be um, but, uh, but yeah, things have been, like I said, uh, it's, it's almost like the world is, is being forced to, to stand still and kind of, uh, reevaluate, you know, everything, everything from, from who they live with, from who they're in love with, from who they are as people. Have you had any time to just kind of meditate and take some time out and, and you know, have some revelations? <laughs> Not 
excessively, but <laughs> when I was at my parents, um, like I said, they have this big, beautiful yard, and they have a corner behind their uh, garage that's completely private, and, like, the house can't see it, the neighbors can't see it, it's just me, and I was like, fuck it, I need to take a breather. Dude, I was out there butt-ass naked, smoking <laughs> hole, and I was just like, you know what never gets adequate sunshine? My butthole. And I just lay there, and I just, like, tanned my butthole for, like, 30 minutes. And I did some, like, weird yoga poses. Wait, 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 rewind, rewind. I've got to, I'm, I'm suddenly imagining that thing that, that they put on the guy's eyes in Clockwork Orange, but, like, designed for your butt cheeks to keep them open. <laughs> Well, I did like one of those poses where like you, you lay in your back, right? And then like you put your knees above your head onto the ground behind you. Okay. So your ass is like totally up in the air, right? And it's actually, it was like really nice in my back. And I, you know, stretched my legs and I got some like, you know, my quads stretched out, my calves stretched out. And I was like, well, fuck, while well, I'm over here, like might as well just like tan where the sun does shine. <laughs> so that was actually very meditating and very relaxing. And then my cat, my, well, used to be my cat. Now it's my mother's cat showed up and started rubbing on me and I was like, okay, okay, I'm sorry. Like you can have this spot back. Let me move for you. My goodness. That is fucking great. <laughs> that was my most like intense meditation I've gotten to do in my memory. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's say something happens and you know, it's another year of COVID and we, you're not able to really expand or, or, you know, put a lot of uh, a varied content out there. What, what are you thinking of doing as, as a side option? Um, again, going back to extreme fortune of wonderful support system. Um, my parents, you know, came here with nothing and now they have a very successful lifestyle and um, they're actually helping uh, enable me to pursue maybe real estate. And I actually just signed up for real estate classes that nice. I'm starting on like Tuesday, um, just to, you know, realtor. Um, and I don't know how much I'm going to dive into it really, but I think it'd be awesome to capitalize on, unfortunately, some people's misfortunes of what I would imagine would in the semi near future be opportunity to scoop up properties for cheap from people who have to foreclose or maybe get evicted or just people who desperately need cash on hand and are willing to sell homes for affordable amounts because I, my budget is, you know, fairly limited. And uh, I think it'd be nice to have supplementary income to either, you know, run a little bed and breakfast and, um, you know, welcome travelers who come to Florida and make a really cozy home for them or just, you know, flip homes. Uh, when I first moved to Florida with uh, my former partner, um, I, uh, we bought this condo and we remodeled it ourselves and I learned a lot of what not to do. Not so much of what to do, but I guess I could finally deduce it from the mistakes I made. Uh, so I think the plan is to maybe have that be a, like a fairly con decently contributing side hustle of either flipping properties or maybe renting them and being a landlord or just having, you know, seasonal renters and maybe long-term renters in the summer. Okay. Um, but basically just trying to capitalize on real estate because um, they're willing to help, you know, invest into me and eventually, you know, invest into our family. And I'm very, very fortunate to have that option. So. Okay. Well, shit. Yeah. You've got it handled way better, I think, than, uh, <laughs> uh, than most people do. Holy shit. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's been tough for a lot of people psychologically too. It seems like I, I've noticed there's been a kind of a spike in, in suicides and, 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 you know, stuff like that. I think even divorce rates are flying through the, uh, through the roof. Um, oh, I wouldn't be surprised. And you I know, mean, the sad thing, 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was um, I was talking to my mother um, about what quarantine has been like in Russia. Because, uh, you know, I'm from Russia. I was born right, there right. at a really young age. And, uh, you know, traditionally, not tradition, it's not tradition, unfortunately. It's just the way society is over there. Um, unfortunately, a lot of men drink. It's just it's social and it's cultural and it's just ingrained into so much of what people do. And my mom was saying that um, women's shelters are actually overcrowded because, you know, women are stuck with men in these tiny apartments because most people don't live in, you know, individual homes where they have, you know, a room or two to get away into. And you're really just cramped into these big sky rises and you're very tight knit and there's just not a lot of space. Um, and it's been really hard. Um, thankfully, people that we know are doing fine. But as a country, I think there's just a lot more. I don't know the statistics of what's happening in America versus Russia, but it was just talked a lot more um, on media of how uh, women's shelters are just really overcrowded mm -hmm. because men are drinking and they're at home and there is nowhere to go. And a lot of people, you know, get violent. Um, and it's just a lot of domestic uh, issues because, again, you know, it's a country where there's not the luxury of space that I think obviously not everyone in this country has. Not everyone has, you know, the privilege to have large homes, but it is more common to have, you know, a backyard to go into and enjoy some sunshine or an extra room or at least, you know, a bedroom and a living room versus living in studios. Um, so it's been hard. It's been very hard on um, a lot of different people. And actually, a uh, little side story, uh, my aunt obviously lives in Russia, and she was telling me how all the dogs in the building are just, like, so fucking tired of being walked all the time because when all <laughs> started, the excuse to go outside was to, like, you could walk a dog. So as soon as you knew, like, your neighbor had a dog, it was like, hey, like, let me borrow the dog. I need to, like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so all the dogs are just like, oh, my God, no more walks, please. I'm so tired. Like, just oh, let man. me go. Even, even the dogs are impacted by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, all these, like, jacked dogs, like, in Russia now, just, like, beefed up from, like, yeah. miles. That is the most Russian image I've, I've pictured in quite some time. <laughs> like, smoking a cigarette, be like, fuck, man, so hard. <laughs> Just like, yeah, the, the Dasvidanya dog. Um, yeah. <laughs> the the So So it's been two years since our last podcast with you. And last time you were here with somebody you were working with at the time, and now you're, you're flying a little bit more solo. Uh, what, how's, uh, what's any, any interesting stories between uh, 2018 and 2020? Any great shoots? Any terrible shoots? Something that something funny happened on set that, that cracked you up or you know I mean anything that that because uh, you always have really good stories whenever you come by and visit so like you're saying this and I, I'm picturing my brain as like this box and I literally just like had a mental like brushing off the dust and the cops of the box <laughs> like shooting memories because it's been so long since I've been in front of the camera oh man I have to like even think about timeline wise like yeah, because you don't I, do you don't do session work do you you do mostly uh just video work no i do um oh, okay. i'm, I'm kind of picky and i've mostly done you know like pickling sessions or like foot worship sessions um i mean honestly oh my god just like so hard to like remember what's happened i kind of really took all of last year more or less as a giant siesta like i had enough shoes to take you know again to pay my bills and get me across but uh I did a lot of uh, mind-opening medication, if we can put it that way, <laughs> and recreational activities last year that just a lot of soul-searching and figuring out who I am and what I want in life to where, you know, I hate to disappoint you, but like of an extremely exciting, 
off the wall shoot just isn't coming to mind right now. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that's not a bad thing. It means you, it was, you know, pretty good business as usual kind of feel. That's, that's not bad. You know, a lot of laughs. Um, I have a friend here in town. Uh, she goes by Kitty Quinn. Um, you know, she got into modeling uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, she got out of, you know, a regular job and got into this industry through a mutual friend. And she's been killing it, you know, and I've had just a lot of good experiences shooting with her and just watching her grow and kind of giving her some, you know, pointers in the industry. And it's funny, I'm like the old, like, you know, back in my day when I first started <laughs> I did this and this and this and here's, here's some advice from old season Vika. And she's, you know, new to all this and just really killing it. So I think really the my best memories probably just come from experiences with her of just talking about the industry and watching her really become very successful very quickly in this and just the gossip of, you know, the bullshit of what it's like to actually do all this stuff <laughs> and having somebody, you know, understand me and relate to me and like watching somebody learn what it's like to do modeling and, you know, have it's a so lot funny. Of you're, you, yes, yeah, so you're definitely, uh, you're kind of taking somebody under your wing and, and watching them learn how to fly. A little bit, yeah. And, you know, she doesn't need me for long. She's independent. She's very smart. So uh, she kind of, you know, ran off ahead of me pretty quickly. But uh, I think that's probably my best work-related memory of the last, you know, two-ish years was watching a really good friend become really good at this and really understand it. Like, we did an inflation video where we had to like blow up balloons and like see whose lungs were bigger and they like, were side by side, like hooked up to these like PSI reading machines, trying to get you a know, blow into these balloons. Um, oh my goodness. What else have we done together? Uh, I got to cover cake batter at one point cause she came with me to Houston and I hooked up with a producer that I unfortunately don't work with anymore uh, in Houston that does like messy content. So I got to cover her in like slime and cake batter. And I was like, well, this is, the industry hope you enjoy like getting nasty ass cake batter out of your hair and you learn really quickly that cake batter in hair is an absolute nightmare and you use <laughs> a whole entire tube of conditioner to get that shit out um so i think it's been a lot of first with her um my good memories and also now i'm excited to finally have like my, my little shooting loft set up and hopefully have her over and make more memories of working with her, you know, more personally. Cause again, I just, I really like her and I trust her and we connect really well together and it'd be nice to kind of have a reliable, you know, consistent partner in crime for a lot of the content I do. So what did you, uh, what do you feel like you miss the most now that it's been gone after Cause I, I keep bringing up COVID just because I mean, I'm almost in a weird way, celebrating people's attempts to survive it in different ways. And I've, I've had a conversation with a few other models about, you know, the things they're doing to kind of like, you know, just make, keep them on a positive side. But, uh, but yeah, is there anything that you really miss that you would, I mean, you would kill to do that you can't do right now? You know, man, I miss fucking money. <laughs> I'm just coming back from these road trips and having like 20,000 bucks under the floorboard, not the floorboards, like the, the rugs of my car. And just like stash because you know you're on the road for two three months like you make a nice chunk of change oh shit yeah you have to transport that right um I what that what I yeah I, I mean you don't have to tell me but what what do you usually do it to to hide it you don't have to i mean I, it's i mean it's not like someone's gonna find you on the street and go like hey i heard your podcast i know where your money is but um 
And then I have like a car with a unicorn horn on top of it, so it's like a little noticeable. But I mean, I would just like shove it in different corners of my car in case you know somebody does break yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. They're not gonna look into one under one floor mat and find it. So I'd have it like stashed in little nooks and crannies of my car. You know, it's like thousand here, thousand there, oh two thousand here. I, I definitely miss coming home from a road trip and doing like the car. Uh, what's that game where you, the the car hide and seek or not hide and seek? What's uh, not clue like where's Waldo was like my money I'm like okay like I know there's 20,000 bucks somewhere in this car like I have 15 where's the other five like oh where did God. I <laughs> I miss that that that's a good memory of, and you know you come home and you like throw it on the bed and you kind of like roll around in it for a minute then you take it to the ATM oh yeah yeah you've got a you've got a Scrooge McDuckett from time to time um, yeah. but, um uh, I, I think, mean that sorry oh no go ahead go ahead uh, I mean, but, you know, that's, that's definitely kind of the shallow things I miss because just it's at the end of the day, it's just little squares of cotton, right? Yeah. Um, I miss meeting new people. Um, again, like I've started this relationship with uh, a friend and, you know, through him I've met some new friends and I've gotten closer to some people, but man, it's just, it's so much less than I'm used to. You know, I'm used to just constantly meeting people left and right because I would do couch surfing when I travel and I would stay with photographers and producers and models. And it was just constantly, constantly like adding all these people into my life and hearing all these stories and just, you know, meeting, 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 meeting people. Um, I missed that. But I also realized during the last few months of just how thinly I would spread out that, you yeah. know, I had like a hundred conversations going at one time with everyone. And I just like, it's inhuman to try to keep up with that. And as much as I love my friends and I love talking, like I, dude, I, I was thinner than like a dollar PB and J, like just so just, you know, it, you can't, you can't genuinely be a friend to that many people at the same time and have that many conversations and be invested into that many people. So I miss it a lot. I miss making new friends. I miss, you know, kind of being welcomed into people's homes and you know crashing on their couches and meeting their dogs but at the same time uh oh man i needed to scale down on that so much it's which i feel like yeah maybe scale down a little too much because now my friends are just like are you okay are you alive and i'm like no, no no i'm fine i'm fine i'm just like i'm sorry like i've really just kept my regular conversations really to my family my partner and my parents you know my and my family in russia so yeah yeah and i i feel the same way i I feel like COVID uh, and a bunch of other stuff that's been happening with me this this um, this particular year has forced me to really kind of reexamine who I want to to have in my life all the time, who I want to uh, to travel with, like the, the the things, just little little things like that where you you kind of feel like I kind of feel you on the meeting new people thing. It's something I've been wanting to do for quite some and you time. Love but you love those. I mean, those are my my fondest memories of the outside of shooting. You know, I've been to two of your New Year's parties. And like you just you love to have people and your house is like so warm and full of life and energy and excitement and you know I can imagine it's just hard to not be able to you know have people come over all the time for movie night and just to have that like centralized place where people you know genuinely enjoy gathering. Yeah, you were there for some of the Game of Thrones nights, right? Oh, you know, I think I was there. I was there for one for sure. I just for some reason I'm just picturing you 
making snarky comments during the show, uh, but I could be wrong. I'm probably sleeping, man. I am the worst. I fall. I know I've tried watching so many movies like Santi Flex, and I would just pass out on those like beanbags up front. Oh right, right. I think you made it through a few, if I'm correct, or I could be wrong. I, I, I kind of developed now to where, like, if I'm if I know I'm watching a movie, somebody wants to like realize I'm asleep through it. I'll kind of like wake up every like 15 minutes, and I'll just go, uh huh. Just because, like, my subconscious says, like, wake up, don't be rude, but, like, my brain is actually in deep sleep. I might, you know, grunt or something and, like, or just wake up, like, go, oh, yeah, totally. And then, <laughs> I think, I, I, no, but, uh, but thanks for what you said earlier. I mean, that, that's another thing I think I miss is having people over. But at the same time, I, I went through this phase earlier this year where I realized that I almost kind of like what you were doing. I was overdoing it when it came to socialization. Um, there was this weird thing where I, I realized like a lot of the people that I would have over, it was almost just to have them over. I don't know. It was like a re reflexive kind of like, what's the word? A compulsion to, to have people around me at the house. Yeah, and no, right? Like, yeah, of course. And you and you and you and you and you. And before you know it, you're like, Oh dear God, like this is like 80 people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the new year's parties, uh, you know, that there was, you know, that was a good reason to have a hundred people at the house. But I just had this weird compulsion where I was just like, why, why am I, you know, why is th two people turning into three, three turning into six and then six turning into 12. Um, yeah. And so having to kind of like back away from that and only like, I've had maybe, I don't know, the last couple of weeks I've had a couple of nights where I'll invite friends over for a very safe distance kind of hangout. Yeah. And it's been like three people tops. That's our maximum. And it is amazing. Cause it's like, you actually get to, to converse and talk and hear what people are saying when, when you're surrounded by like 30 folks, like you don't, you, you can't really stay in a conversation that long. Cause you feel like as a host, you have to go from person to person and talk to them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I understand that. I mean, again, that's the same thing. That compulsive feeling to me was, you know, traveling and working. I could not put the brakes on, you know, it was because I had this big house and all these expenses and just this like stress of money and, you know, it was kind of an addiction, really. Um, to, right, yeah, that's what it felt like to me, like a fucking addiction. Yeah, you know, to just the, the high of getting paid and going somewhere and shooting and, you know, and I just couldn't stop. And that was something my uh, previous partner and I had a lot of issues of, of just like I couldn't like be the fuck at home. And now like, you know, I'm at home and it's really just first what made me realize you know, if I can stay off of Amazon, I'm actually like hella cheap. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that a problem for you? Well, you know, like I spend so much money on food, man. Oh my god, I oh I love to eat and I love to eat well. Oh, I spend all my money on food. But, you know, now I've realized to give myself manicures and pedicures and all my own crap and all my own like snatch whack things and everything. And so, you know, I've kind of done a lot of like self maintenance, which hasn't been too bad. And, you know, um, and I'm not, you know, I don't buy traveling and things. I don't really, you know, go for labels or brands or just buy, you know, things for things purpose. But I realize, you know, actually I need a lot less to feel happy and content than I thought I do. Um, so obviously as long as I'm not overwhelmed in a, um, real estate project that is like sucking me dry. So, yeah. uh, Nice big old slap on the big red reset button in that department. So, um, yeah, this is feel it feels almost like a rebirth for me. Uh, I've uh, you and I have spoken a lot about a lot of personal issues that I've been going through, and uh, it's been a weird, uh, inadvertent way to kind of 
take, take stock and what's important and, you know, who's important in your life and like, you know, how to move forward. Um, but, uh, but on top of that, on the lighter side of it, the thing that really I miss is going to restaurants. I miss that so much, dude. Like the fucking dishes when you're done eating. Yeah. I'm like, man, it's just nice to just leave a tip and not have to like <laughs> see that same plate in the sink the next morning and be like, man, the house elves didn't like take care of that shit overnight like what the fuck <laughs> damn right damn right and i just i miss being like served by uh, a professional fucking you know uh waiter and, and and being told what the specials are and having some badass mm -hmm. something made of some sort of meat and then of course you know beautiful red wine and just having you know good conversation candlelight that kind of thing i love that i i, I miss dressing up and going out i think i've been living in day and night pajamas for the last like three months yeah yeah and i've i've been to a few restaurants since everything you know in the last few months and you know i can't say i can 100 percent enjoy the experience it's just not the same and a lot of it, you know, the restaurants try to make you feel comfortable, but, you know, it, it's just, it's so ridiculous. Like right now when I drove down to Houston to see my family and I was uh, driving with a friend of mine uh, on the drive to Houston and we stopped to eat a few times and I'm just like, this is so backwards. Like you wear your mask to get into the restaurant and then as soon as you get in and you're seated, you can take the mask off because obviously like what you're like, eat through the mask, like, that's ridiculous. And, you know, it's just this like very false sense of normalcy that, I mean, sure, I had a nice meal, the food tasted good, you know, it was nice to eat out somewhere and have some variety in my life that way, but it just, I kind of just wanted to go the whole time, you know, instead of I'm at, you know, restaurant regularly, you know, I like, I take my time and I want to savor it, you know, oh yeah, let me maybe get dessert and let's sit here and talk and like, let's enjoy dinner. I definitely, and you know, I made sure to like try to eat on the patios and outdoors, but still it was like, okay, like let's just shovel the shit in our face holes and like get back in the car because you know, like that kid over there is screaming and that person over there is sneezing and yeah, we're outdoors on a patio, but just like, this is just dumb as fuck that yeah. for some reason, like just because I'm eating that germs are going to transfer. And so yeah, I, I, uh, I, uh, I went to Burns here in town a few years ago, probably with some friends. And uh, oh, I had some food uh, at their place or at, at Burns, and yes, I did eat the foie gras, and I enjoyed it more than the steak, which is criminal, but it is what it is. And uh, I told myself, you know, uh, when I was going to be done with this home remodeling project with my uh, my ex, that I would, you know, treat us to a nice celebratory dinner at Burns. You know, oh, hurrah, we're done. Like, let's go eat some steak. God, I missed that, that place. Never happened. God, yeah, I, I don't know. so miss that place. I know. Uh, I remember, like, we did the tour in the back of the kitchen, and the guy is just, like, he has the big steaks, and he's, like, cutting off all the, the fatty parts of it. And I'm like, that, that's, like, what I eat at home, man. <laughs> can, he, like, can you give me that, like, trash bag? I'll take it with me. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and that didn't happen, right? And um, so I think now it would be kind of nice for me, like, when I finally can genuinely enjoy um, a trip out, you know, to a restaurant and, you know, not worry about the people around me and the environment. I just want to just go by myself and get myself like a little thing of foie gras and just sit there and savor the fuck out of it and finally get to like, genuinely enjoy a meal. I can't. I've, I've tried that stuff before. There was something about the uh, the texture, I think, that, that just bugged me. Um, I don't know what I didn't really like it, but maybe I had the bad kind. Um, There's a moral guilt of, you know, 
making you yeah. suffer and become obese, but fuck them. Like that's the other. <laughs> the humans, like, sorry, tough shit. You were born a goose. Like, baby. Oh man. <laughs> oh, I think I just lost five subscribers. I know. But... <laughs> uh, so, last but not least, um, what kind of uh, what kind of media have you been consuming during COVID? Like, what, what have you been watching? What have you been listening to? Anything good? Because, like, I think I'm always looking for ideas on how to like at night. Because at night, once I'm done with work. I can't sleep. Like I'm, I've always been a night owl. I don't usually fall asleep till like 4 a.m. So I'll sit in front of the TV and just, I think, spend an hour just going through Netflix, just picking through shit. Um, I mean, my partner's got me watching Twin Peaks. Uh, we're on. Ah. Season. We've watched. Oh my god, episode one, season two, like three times because somebody, it may or may not be me, keeps falling asleep. And I guess he loves me enough to rewatch it over and over and over again. <laughs> um. What do you think of the show? I like it. I like it. I like that I can watch it and they explain things really thorough. So I can, you know, maybe get a little distracted or make take a long blink at a point in time and still be like very aware of what's going on. But um, it's very well directed. Um, I like the music to it. I like the way it's shot. Um, and actually, the character development is really great. There's a lot of subtleties that if you, like, really pay attention to the way the actors are portraying their characters and, like, a specific lines that um, I think it's deeper than somebody might realize if they're just kind of passively watching it. Um, what else? I watched Twin Peaks. Uh, that's kind of, like, the big one that most recent. Um, you know, to be honest, I actually haven't really spent too much time consuming media um, I've actually spent just a lot of time communicating with my partner. I've just spent a lot of time talking about our personal relationship and our, you know, potential endeavors together and our work together and, you know, who we are as people. And I think I've spent more time running my mouth <laughs> than watching TV in the last few months. Um, I mean, that's good. Communication is key, obviously. And he's helping you out with your with your work um and uh and actually uh so that's a question how has he has he been adapting to the idea of obviously you doing fetish to begin with but not only that but also becoming an active uh, participant in production uh i think it's he's like cooking in the kitchen as i'm saying this i'm like i wonder what he's thinking in his own head like what his answer to this would be so let me try to guess it appropriately um I think there's a lot there's a lot to it for him because uh, he wanted to do media uh, earlier in his life and it just wasn't something that happened because of just life circumstances and other opportunities came you know across for him and uh, so I think it's kind of awesome to have the opportunity to have a creative outlet uh, to do something that you know I think really genuinely interests him uh, but at the same time the fetish I don't I think obviously getting to know me more than you know a friend has been a lot but at the same time you know I used to actually shoot some stuff at his house I have a few videos I've shot um, at his place you know when we were just friends and so I think it's kind of interesting to now he understands a little bit more about what was really going on then and the process of what production is really like and you know that some of it is really really easy and some of it really just makes you want to pull your hair out and just be like, fuck it, give this motherfucker a refund. Like, this isn't worth it. You know? Yeah. Um, so I definitely think a lot of appreciation uh, for what it is. Um, you know, I, uh, 
there's some parts of it obviously it's hard for him to get used to uh, because it is it's a very it's a difficult industry to understand and to really to genuinely understand the purpose of why some things are done and to be able to share your partner yeah and share your partner with strangers on the internet and to share you know their time and kind of a look into their personal life you know really separate work and my personal life you know where's Vika and where is me and who I am because that's something I failed at the past is really not defining that very well so I think for the most part it's there's a lot of optimism I mean he's learning um, I use Filmora for editing and Oh my God, I like, we did a video um, last week of me getting my car stuck in the mud, and I think we had, how many things did we have? We had 75 individual clips. Can you believe that shit? Oh, wow. Uh, just because you know, a lot of it was like different angles and reshooting some stuff, and because again, like once my car gets stuck, I'm stuck, and I need to make sure. Oh, I, get I see what you mean. So, so 75 different takes for the video. Yeah, you know, individually, you know, camera, Camera on, camera on, you know, record, stop, record, stop, record, stop. And some of them were just bloopers. Some of them are crap. Some of them, you know, maybe was, you know, clicking the button with your bot or whatever it was. And it was only a 20-minute video. <laughs> and he ended up editing it in 27 minutes. And I'm actually going to send it out to the client tonight. Um, you know, and it's, it's overwhelming, obviously, that it took that much to get the job done because you know I want to do things with quality and obviously some things you know I can do them quickly and easily and not care too much but some of them I have to capture you know 10 different ways because once it's done it's done and yeah. you know yeah you can't just go and reset that that particular yeah, scene extra, yeah I'd rather shoot for an extra two hours and have all this extra data to just discard than be like okay shit we need to like restate this and have it be an absolute nightmare and I mean I think it, it makes me really happy to hear him say that he's proud of it because you know it's a labor of love and you got to do this and then enjoy what you do you know and not treat it like just oh fuck I got to get a paycheck like to, you know, make it a fun endeavor to where it's both a creative outlet as well as it is work. Yeah. And it is yeah. getting quite wants, but you know, put your own spin on it and your own personality. And um, I think it's so far so good. You know, um, just definitely a lot to learn. And uh, did you ever did you ever have um, any problems in your your past relationships with with uh, with partners who just couldn't put their you know wrap their heads around it or got jealous? Oh my God. Yes. And I mean, and that's, I think a lot of it is expected and a lot of it almost is normal. It's biological, you know, it is hard for, it's hard to share. It's not, I think, it's not wired for most people to be able to share their partners in the way that this job demands. And yeah. especially given the way typical society presents you know relationships to us and what they should be and what's okay and what's not okay and oh my god i can i can talk about this topic for hours and hours and hours because i have some <laughs> uh, i have a lot of opinions on it but um i mean you could just you know you give it a light brushing over it's just because it, it's it's something that i've encountered so many times as a producer 
Um, and it's, it's something that uh, it boggles my mind. But at the same time, I understand that, you know, what we do is, isn't part of the norm. And for a lot of people, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow. Uh, but on the flip side of that coin, there's just the rationality of like, you know, being angry or upset because your girlfriend is filming something and that, you know, no one's touching her that you don't want touching her. You know, it's, it's, she's doing a POV, let's say, for example, she's doing like a solo video. Um, and, and then the, the thing that always got me was, you know, the women who would come to me and say, well, he, my boyfriend doesn't want me to do this anymore because he doesn't like the idea that there are men out there jacking it to me. And to, to me, I was just like, do you, does he not realize that like every time you go to the beach, there's guys who are following your, your figure and your face away for later use? Like, yeah, um, definitely, you know, and that's something that I've had to really ask myself a lot about of where do I draw the personal line? Because, you know, I think there has to be respect, uh, you know, what is okay for one partner and what's not okay for the other. But I think also there has to be body autonomy. And, you know, yes, you are my partner, but that doesn't mean that you get to tell me what to do with my body. I have to want to make concessions for you because I care for you and I care about your feelings. And it's not about, like, you know, I can't have another man see your blank. I'm like, that's my blank to show. It's not... <laughs> You know, <laughs> that's so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. I mean, like nobody can see your pinky or your earlobes. Hide them earlobes. Um, it's a really, it's a really touchy subject. And there's definitely, I think, again, a lot of it comes from communication and respect and boundary setting. Um, but, you know, for myself personally, I used to not shoot solo videos uh, because partners were insecure about it and they felt like you know other people on the internet got to see a part of me that was too private and intimate and I can understand that but at the same time I'm like I'm just having a good time here I you know what I I'm not as liberal as you are with that I I don't understand it where it's like this is your body you're making your own money and if, especially if this, you know, be it a, a woman who enters a situation and it's, let's say it's a male uh, fetish star um, or vice versa, if this person walked into your life, you know, and you had been doing this already for a couple of years, like, I feel like they have no say. It's like, this is, this is part of me. This is something I'm comfortable with. If you don't like it, then we're not going to be able to date. Now, if you had decided to take up fetish after you, let's say, started dating a guy, and then he said, oh, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that, then, you know, he might have more of a say because it's something that you didn't bring yeah. up, you know, prior. Uh, so it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I really haven't lost that many models to it. There's been maybe one or two who have uh, brought it up, but uh, they usually end up breaking up with the guy because it turns out it always evolves into uh, a yeah, and you get so much resentment because somebody holds you back because they can't share. And it also evolves into a controlling situation because it's, it's almost like a gateway. It's like once he sees that you're willing to give up your work for him, then it starts to become, well, you're not allowed to go out without me. You're not allowed to, to go, go to this bar unless so-and-so is there. And then that's when the relationship starts to break down. Yeah, I mean, that all sounds very familiar to what I've had to experience in the past, you know? And... Uh, I think, you know, the relationship I'm in right now, like I, you know, I do what I do and I'm still 
I, I shoot solo videos now because I enjoy it. I gen, honestly, shit, it makes me feel good. And it's so much better to like masturbate for a clip and like get off and have an orgasm and get paid for it and then have to like slop around in some mud or some bullshit. Like, <laughs> yeah. it is just, like why would I turn that down? And you know, we definitely have some conversations about, um, you know, boundaries involved like interacting with other people because that also just wasn't something I used to do before in the first place. And again, there's some gray area, and I think some of those things might still have to be reconsidered and rediscussed when, obviously, you know, work can come back into full steam. Mm -hmm. uh, because right now, like, there's really no point in being it with a dead horse and talking about, you know, all these if, ands, or buts and stipulations when, like, I'm just not going to go shooting with, you know, if we're shooting in situations that could cause trouble. But, um, but I understand, like, I definitely insist on sticking to my principles about like if this feels right to me and I enjoy it and this is part of my job and this is part of my brand and I enjoy doing it and I'm not you know cheating on you in a way that you nor I feel like I'm cheating on you then yeah I, I insist on keeping that because I have I've compromised before for things I didn't believe in because I love somebody yeah, that's that's a that's a very tough road to walk, and uh, and I think part is resentment because then you miss opportunities, and instead of doing, you know, I'm doing this for because I believe in passing up on this opportunity for something that means more to me. You know, you're like, oh, well, my boyfriend won't let me do blank. I'm like, fuck that shit. Like, be your own person and find somebody who's compatible for you in the right ways with the right, you know the right ability to have good communication and be on the same page about what's good for the relationship and what's not. So no more resentment, no more of, you know, this and that, just do what's right and do what you know won't hurt somebody. And, you know, just also just no more secrets. Oh my goodness. I, and that's another thing, right? When you tell your partner, oh, of course I'm not going to do blank, but you don't actually not want to do blank. You know, it's been, when the relationship's falling apart, it's so easy to start doing things behind somebody's back. And again, that's when you lose respect for your partner. And I mean, that's when everything goes to, you know, down the, down the shitter. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, I mean, I've experienced that in the past. I've, I've, I went through a period where I, kept getting set up for blind dates and stuff like that. Cause my friends were like, dude, you should date. And I just, I, I was so neck deep in what I was doing work wise. It didn't even occur to me. Plus there was that fear in the back of my head where I'm like, no one's going to really, no woman who walks on the more vanilla side of life is going to be okay with what I do, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it's cause I had a, I had one terrible date where it was, it was somebody who just asked me, so what do you do for a living? And I was trying to keep it kind of general. So I was just like, Oh, you know, photography, stuff like that. And she kept kind of pushing and prying. And she's like, well, what kind of photography? And oh, who, okay, that sounds like, oh, so you have a studio? Oh, it's in your home. Oh, okay. Wait, we're in your home. Is, oh, it's in your basement? Oh, all right. And <laughs> so you have women who show up and they, what do they do again? You know, and, <laughs> and then it just turns into I'm dating a guy who shoots women or pays women to, 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 to fight you each other in a basement. Yeah. Do they ever uh, leave the basement? That's the question. And then it would turn into like a, a check please kind of uh, situation. So, <laughs> 
I just kind of was like, I don't think I'm going to date for a while. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I did date a girl a long time ago who's, I mean, she's, we're still great friends, but she was just like, can I come and watch? And, and I was like, sure. And the whole time, you know, we're just shooting with like two models, bikini wrestling, nothing, nothing sexual. And she still was like, I'm not comfortable with it. And, and I just kept asking her why. And she wouldn't give me a reason. She would just say, like, I'm just not. I'm like, well, if we can't dissect why, then we can't really move forward, you know? For sure. Yeah. And you know what? That's, um, that's something I have decided to, you know, with every relationship, I try to grow and, you know, really reflect on my mistakes and how I can be a better person. And I just definitely will not lie to myself and what I believe in and communicate, you know, and I'm willing to make concessions and meet in the middle on things that I understand are sensitive and yeah. might be, you know, intimate things that need discussing. But, you know, if it's just me, myself and I with me and my own body, I, I can't allow anyone to tell me what to do about that anymore. Like, no, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's me. And it's, like that. No. <laughs> no, I no, mean, no. I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm there with you. I've, you know, I, like I said, it's, that was my, my initial, uh, <clears throat> my initial argument was, yeah, it's your body, dude. And if, and if you, you know, I mean, if I met somebody who was, for example, already a porn star and I wanted to, to, to start a relationship, I would have to accept the fact that that's what she does for a living, you know? Yeah. It's not a surprise. And that's the thing It's just be open. You know, and I, I become a lot more vocal about my job. Um, in the last few years, you know, I remember when people would first off ask me, cause again, I started, uh, as a glamor model, you know, it's, Oh, I did it. Oh, I've been on a couple magazine covers. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I have it, you know, and, then, <laughs> and you know, you get confidence and you explain to people more about what I do. And then, you know, I was, I was an art model and, you know, I create beautiful nude art. People are like, Oh, okay. That's cool. You know, I'm in galleries and, now, you know, I do a lot of fetish and I just tell people, you know, it's kind of a naked therapist, really. Um, and, you know, I do what I do because I love it and it makes me feel good and it makes me happy and I truly find fulfillment in it. Yeah. Even if it's difficult or frustrating or the clients can be difficult and frustrating, um, you know, I don't waste my time on bullshit anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, and I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. It's a, uh, it's a, you know, it's an, it's an essential trait you have to have in order to to make it in the business, and also, you know, have a happy home life is to to be able to connect yeah. with somebody who, you know, I got very lucky to to meet my wife when I did uh, because you know she was in the industry. We met at a convention, and it was understood, you know, that certain things were just going to be okay. But it's not always that easy for a lot of people. Do you think just kind of your um, take on it do you find in the grand scheme of things you know all the people you've met and your personal experiences is it easier to be in a relationship with somebody who's also in the industry uh, or is it easier to have somebody who is completely separate and you know has their own world and their own non kink related career it's it, do you, wait, so the question is, is it easier to, to date someone who's in the industry or someone who's outside of it? That's what you said, because you cut out a little bit there. And like, what do you consistently see leads to happier relationships? Um, it's interesting. Um, I, I think what the common factor 
would be there is like, you know, the level of jealousy that exists and whether it's founded or unfounded. Um, I, I mean, working with somebody or, or being with somebody who's in the industry, I feel has always been a little easier um, because, you know, you, there's just certain things that, that we just kind of see as normal or we've normalized a lot of things that, that it would take uh, someone who wasn't in the industry a long time to process, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, I think what matters is, are you in love with that person? Are they in love with you? And if so, then how much of this can you work through? You know, how much of this can she be okay with, you know, and, or in the case of, you know, if it was somebody like me meeting somebody who was doing something uh, that I wasn't used to, uh, you know, do I love that person enough to, to really try to, you know, to get around any sort of issues of jealousy and stuff like that. But overall, I'd have to say probably somebody who's in the industry, <laughs> it just, you know, it's like you see a lot of actors who, who marry other actors because that's just, they're used to the lifestyle, you know? Uh, yeah, fair enough. But, uh, but in your case, I mean, you're with a partner now who is not, you know, I'm assuming he's not a performer. Um, I mean, so far it's just been like his hand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta start somewhere, you know? Right, yeah, um, like, like you start with the fingers and then you get all the way up to the elbow and then it's the other hand. <laughs> oh my God. That's great. Um, no, uh, but yeah. And, and see, and, and it could work either way. Cause so far, you know, if he's, if he's helping you with your shoots and, you know, he doesn't have a problem with the idea that you're, you're putting yourself out there in such a way where, yes, there are some men who are going to look at your product or, and say, oh, man, that's, that's beautifully shot or it looks great or she's a great actress. And there's guys who are just going to straight up, you know, fucking take their pants off. And, uh, and you know, you're already on the right track, it seems, because he's, he's okay with, uh, with that concept. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah. And that's another thing too, is, you know, letting your partners like be as involved as they want to be. Um, yeah, that's a huge part of it. You're right. Um, Cause uh, he, you know, he has uh, experience in like mixed martial arts and I'm hoping he can guide me to being a better fetish wrestler because, you know, I shoot wrestling so rarely. I shoot it with you and I shoot it with like maybe one other company here in Tampa and, you know, I just get rusty and I actually, oh shit, I was doing a clip a few days ago or a few weeks ago and I was supposed to do a high kick and, you know, we, we went over everything and everyone did everything right that Vika and I just wanted it to look good and I took out my big old hoof and I just ran this girl in her elbow and I mean, I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if I gave myself like a bone bruise. I mean, it hurt like my ten, like it was right on my shin, my tendons hurt, like it hurt to like flecked my toes i think Holy because shit. that were like connected on the top of my um my shin were swollen as well and you know like the girl was fine clearly i was the one that was just being stupid and you know overreacting um so it'd be nice to have somebody that can help guide me into just being a safer um better actress in that sense and you know what if he ever feels compelled to you know put on a mask or not and be in some of these videos that'd be sure. cool yeah. The, like it is what it is, you know. I think, again, not forcing somebody to not do things in this industry is, I mean, crippling. And I also think, you know, press, pressuring people into being a part of it when they might not want to is also equally as hurtful. So um, we shall see where things go. I mean, for now, you know, he had a regular people job and a regular people life but obviously COVID put all that in a halt and you know we'll see if it's something that is a good fit we'll continue working together and if it doesn't then uh 
I don't mind, you know, having him come home at 6.30 in the evening <laughs> and waking up early and going to the office. So we'll see how things unravel. Yeah, no, definitely. All right. Well, we have a couple of quick questions here from uh, some of our fans who uh, I kind of sent out a little blanket email to the guys who have been uh, checking out the, the podcast and told them you were going to be on. Um, one of them is, let me pull up the file here. Da, 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 da. There you are. I should have had this ready. I'm so unprofessional. Like relationship podcast. Like we're very like a lot, a lot of questions about kind of personal life. It's kind of well, yeah, and I mean, I didn't mean to delve too personally into into your I, life. I'm aware of the things I say, the things I don't. So, well, you know, it is such an interesting component, and I feel like if anybody's listening to this and and they want to get into. Uh, fetish and they have a partner um, that's something they really have to you know they can't just say like I'm gonna just jump into this neck first you're gonna you're gonna really need to want to you know talk to your partner and set boundaries and you know what's okay and what's not uh, and then on the flip side like you said if you are into fetish or you are a producer and someone shows up in your life then they're gonna have to kind of accept it um, uh, or at least most of it you know I know what you said was right like you know you are you know it's okay to make some concessions if they make sense you know yeah but um, what fetish have you not tried that you are wanting to try in the future? Uh, okay, I actually really want to do ball busting. <laughs> I've had a few offers, but people have backed out. And, like, I have nothing against men. I have nothing against nuts. I think they're all... <laughs> I don't think they like, like like they're mutually exclusive. <laughs> they're, yeah, like there's no anger or hatred there. But I just really want to see how hard I can kick a dude in the balls. Like I just just I, hmm. <laughs> I, like, I don't even want to see like the reaction on his face and like the pain and the suffering. Like I'm not about that part. I just want to see. I, I just want to know what it feels like. Just like. Hmm. <laughs> My God, that's that's a good answer. That's a really good answer. I uh, I, I I was privy to a um, to a ball busting session once. I was taking um, uh, my friend who was uh, a session wrestler. We were traveling together, mm -hmm. and uh, and she asked me to be her chaperone of sorts. And this guy came over, and she just man for an hour, an hour. And I was on in the other room with my laptop, kind of trying not to look over my shoulder. Uh, uh -huh. but I kept seeing it in the screen's reflection and it was, oof, it was rough, oh, yeah. but he, oh, I think I, oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I was saying that that answer is actually a two parted answer. The second one is I just want to find somebody who's like covered in zits and I can just flower <laughs> dude, Dr. Pimple Popper stole my career. Like that should have been me. What I, is it about that? Oh, uh, just like, just getting dirt out of you and I think just like the cleaning part of it and just the fulfillment of like seeing this hard thing or this white thing okay so actually that is my personal fetish like I don't get off to it. I don't get like my panties wet over like a nice big old blackhead <laughs> I get really really excited but it's not like connected to my snap like it's just purely mental but like I love oh I love popping zits Oh my god I, yeah I just want like just some gross slimy like basement cave troll that's so fucking weird and uh, you know what it's a very from what i from my experience it's a very female thing uh, i've had at least two exes 
who would walk up to me and they'd be like, can I pop that? And I'm like, dude, I'm just going to let it go away on its own. I don't want to. No, no, you can't. No. Oh my God, Santi, I got like goosebumps. Because, no. I, because I, I, I've seen people who've spent their entire lives kind of popping zeds and then you see them when they get older and they have those weird kind of pock marks on their faces. Yeah. They, they have the, uh, the Edward James almost look. And, yeah, uh, those are bad. That is, I mean, that's that stuff is from like some serious, like nasty ass chronic acne. But if it's just like a little black cat, oh. I mean, I, I would let them do it if it was like on my back. I'd be like, all right, go ahead. If you, you know, if you want to go for it. And man, this one girl just went to fucking town on my back. It was insane. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and then, that's yeah. Happened. Yeah. That's so, happened. happened to me is just like a lot of just backne. It was just, uh, yeah, just popping zits all day long. Uh, um and so okay wait let me look at the next question here um okay vika it's 2020 oh wait english let me clean up the english here this is a uh vika it is 2020 last time oh man what let me decipher that i think he's from germany hold on okay uh vika is 2020 last time you said you were more submissive now it is 2020 are you still very submissive in personal life or more dominant? <laughs> I am definitely a lot more of a dominant person. Um, I, I enjoy portraying both for, uh, for the camera because I do enjoy the range of emotion and a range of um, plots and scenarios I can be in. Um, I am reluctant to be submissive on set with a non-talent actor, like if or not even on set, like uh, for sessions. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That is really my biggest obstacle. Is um, well, so you're you're putting a lot of trust into someone you don't know. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's hard. Um, and again, because you know, all it takes is one very quick wrong move or action or whatever it can be that can really cause a lot of emotional or mental trauma or physical. So with that, I'm definitely hesitant. But I'm a bossy bitch. And I know it. <laughs> well, so so I guess that, that splits it up into sexual. Um, sexual status in terms of like what goes on behind closed doors are you dominant submissive there versus you know in a more social way if you're more bossy with your boyfriend you know uh is it is there a difference there or is it just kind of the same you're like very bossy in bed and also bossy I think uh, it's more loving i think it's hard to really categorize in dominant submissive i'm just more of a loving person so okay. whatever is appropriate that's for a good moment, answer that's a great I answer think, you know, um but in terms of personality and what I enjoy, the fantasies I enjoy creating, because I really do genuinely enjoy creating this stuff. This is why, regardless of what I do in my life, I always, always want to have at least the toe and fetish because it just, it, it fulfills, um, you know, part of my life that I really enjoy changing and embodying all these different fetishes and personalities and whatever it is. How um, do you, how do you deal with, um, oh, and I was going to make a side sidebar there. Uh, it's funny with when it comes to stuff like bondage, for example, we get so much flack from people because they're just like, well, wrestling, you got to be careful, man. You got to be careful. Like, I've done this for 20 years, dude. We, we haven't had a single injury. But then I, I hear this, you know, uh, one girl has permanent nerve damage. And, I, uh, and I, she told me, like, I can't do this with my hands. I can't do this with my wrists. And I said, okay, we'll work around it. What happened? And she said that during a bondage shoot, someone just tied her incorrectly and it caused permanent nerve yep. damage. And I was yep, like, yep, yep. holy shit. 
Yeah, I have actually been in those shoes. And you know what? Um, that's something that, man, you would have, I would have hoped that I would have learned this faster than eight years, but it did basically take me eight years to learn this to stand the fuck up for myself. Well, um, I understand, yeah. Because when I just started shooting, you know, I, um, I definitely, I want to please and I want to make people happy and I don't like to be a problem, right? Yeah, of course. And I've been in a lot of sets where, you know, people tie me up and I just want to get the scene done. I want to get on the road. I want to make sure that everyone's using their time efficiently. And I let people put me into painful ties and uncomfortable ties. And I actually was uh, working with this one company that, and I, you know, and I can't blame them because I didn't complain. They're not fucking mind readers. If no, I'm no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Show, it's all good. It's all good. And then turns out I almost hurt myself. Like it's my fault, not theirs. And I think that's also important to address that. I think a lot of people go around blaming others for uncomfortable or dangerous situations they've been in when they didn't vocalize that. No, it's not okay. Please retie me. And uh, I was in a tie where um, I was on bed with my knees and my arms were above my head and I had my, you know, my wrists together and I was putting a lot of weight on my on my wrists because I was just, you know, pulling down on it with my body because I was struggling. And I actually got nerve damage in my thumb. And wow. I don't think I felt my thumb. Oh, dude, it was at least two or three weeks. And I was getting really panicky of like, fuck, like this is my life. Of, I now have nerve damage in my in my finger and I could still move but it's just like the side of my thumb I think it was my left thumb like I just couldn't feel shit I just I felt like pressure but it wasn't you know sensation of like fine detail yeah and um you know and I didn't say anything because I wanted to be a good model and I realize now that like fuck all that shit it's not worth it and you know I I now tell people with a plenty advance notice if something is uncomfortable, like I know what I can tolerate and I know that obviously this job does pay well because there's a level of inconvenience and discomfort, but mm -hmm. I'm not very well aware of the line of this is uncomfortable versus like this is going to hurt and this is going to cause severe pain really, really soon. And so now if I'm ever doing bondage with somebody and I can tell that, you know, they tie tight, you can still tie me tight. That's okay. But I'll tell you, like, hey, like you got like five minutes on this shit. And <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, please cut me out, or, like, this hurts when I'm, like, ready to be, you know, released. Like, I'm going to tell you that this is going to hurt in a few minutes, so hurry the fuck up. And I'll be patient, and I'll be, you know, a professional about it, but am I going to sit there and, like, lose the ability to wiggle my fingers for, for a paycheck because somebody doesn't know what the fuck angle they want to shoot this from because they didn't plan the set? No, sorry. Yeah. No, I just you know, makes... I communicate and I give them I give them advance notice because yeah you know what I I had a I've had plenty of scares of being in a lot of pain during shoots and I don't like pain I'm a tender person you know I don't that's not something that I oh yeah yeah. yeah no I agree I I'm the same way I've never been a a, a big fan of actual pain I I remember <laughs> shooting slap the ass like that shit's good but. <laughs> But otherwise, uh, wait, wait yeah. can you repeat that? You, you cut out just a little bit. But except a really good slap on the ass. Like that's, oh, yeah. That's well, that's that's kind of a quick kind of sting. You know, it's not too bad. Yeah. Um, like I've done stuff like flogging and flogging to me is, is kind of fun just because it's more of like a thuddy kind of feeling. It's not that that stingy or, or just, you know, you don't really feel that pain pain. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I remember I had one, uh, wrestler that I had to do a mixed video with her and I'm not going to name her and I'm not going to put her on blast, but yeah, she, 
she kind of treated me the way that I guess a lot of the doms treat their session guys. So she, yeah. when she slapped on a sleeper, I mean, she really cranked it on. I had to mm -hmm. literally cut and be like, look, I'm not like one of your customers. Like I'm, I'm someone that I need you to be careful with, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're making a production video. I'm not like, yeah, it's not my, I, it's not my thing to, to actually get squeezed or, or punched really hard. So, um, yeah, I mean, shit, the wrong punch can, can kill your inside. So like, you know, just take it easy, please. Okay. Uh, there's a few other questions here, but I'll pick one final one and then we can, we can start wrapping it up. Cause I'm sure, uh, well, I mean, I if you're listening, but if you don't mind, I'll keep, I like questions. It makes me feel important. Like I'm just like celebrity on some like fancy talk show. <laughs> what are you wearing? I'm really on the couch, like <laughs> so, who are you wearing right now? Who am I wearing right now? <laughs> That's what they say um, on the uh, red carpet, from what I understand. Uh, you know what? I'm actually in something interesting. I'm in Bermuda shorts that have bleach stains on them from cleaning. Mm. Because what else to do during COVID? And I'm actually wearing a Russian naval, a traditional Russian naval shirt. Uh, it's a blue and white striped shirt. It's called a matroska. Uh, a matros is a, um, oh my gosh, somebody who's in the Navy. Like, what's the word for that? Like, somebody who's in the Navy. A, a sailor. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, she's going to get this. I, I know she's going to get this. I, yeah, I have my little lifeline from the kitchen help me out. <laughs> um, wow, like, I'm like, I can't believe I forgot that word. I mean, now I'm previously sweating into my matroska. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Like when you like walk around Russia, you just see like just guys always wear the stuff, and it's just kind of a homage to like the you know Russian military, Russian pride. It's just it's a traditional thing that a lot of like dudes wear, and I mean, mine's a size small, and it fits me pretty good. So that's great. Holy shit! Uh, okay, one last question. Let me look at the list here. Um. What is it about appearing to hundreds or maybe thousands of people that gives you joy? Are you secretly an exhibitionist? I'm not secretly an exhibitionist. <laughs> You're like, I'm <laughs> openly an exhibitionist. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so sorry. Can you say the very first part of that question again? Um, hold on. Let me go back to it. Oh, Jesus. Why did it just close down? Uh, hold on. Let me go back up. Come on, come on, come on. File, file. Damn you, file. Uh, oh, uh, what is it about appearing in front of hundreds, if not thousands, that brings you joy? Are you secretly a an exhibitionist? Uh, um, honestly, the self-confidence. I remember in school, I was so nervous to give a presentation. And it was like this, I mean, I was always a social person, but, you know, being in front of people, just like, I mean, I was just, I was a nervous wreck. And this career has given me so much confidence to where I'm now I'm like, okay, like you want me like on stage in front of a hundred thousand people, like butt ass naked, like cool. And I think for me, it's a lot about intent. I, I love being naked. I love being in front of people. I do enjoy attention. Um, but I think for me, it's very important to know that my attention isn't bothering somebody or offending somebody. You know, I don't want to be, you know, I, I'm not going to enjoy myself being naked if I know, like, the person next to me is, like, truly just uncomfortable by my presence. But, um, you know, I, I enjoy it. I like the confidence. It's helped me immensely in my personal life and just being empowered and, you know, uh, having just confidence in life and 
really feeling like my future and what I really want to do is more in my hand than um, I would feel if maybe I wasn't as confident. And also, um, you know, I might not, I might just be in front of the camera, but I might have a lot of people watching a video, so I'm in front of a lot of eyes without actually being watched by a lot of people. And I think at that, you know, being viewed by masses, um, it's really, it's the very few occasions when somebody tells me that the product I've created, be it a photo or a video or whatever it be, really changed their life in a certain way. And like to explain to people that the fact when a stranger off the internet sends me a message and says, thank you so much for fulfilling my fantasy, you know, you understand me or, you know, I connected with a video for you or that you were in and it really completed me and it gave me this release and made me feel confident and accepted and understood in something that maybe I'm not, I don't feel that way in the real world or, you know, by their partner. It doesn't take a lot. But, you know, every few months, I'll have somebody that'll tell me how much, how therapeutic fetish is for them, and how even therapeutic just being a model is for them, and that makes it so fucking worth it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. Um, it's interesting how there's that, that weird split between, you know, doing something in front of just a camera and then doing something for a live, you know, audience. Uh, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you've had to perform for, like, you know, people, like, who were in the room? I was actually just starting to do stand-up comedy right before COVID. And because, you know, I've gotten the confidence, like, okay, well, if I can be naked in front of people, like, you know, comedy will be super fucking easy. Well, nobody told me that it's, like, hard to think in front of people <laughs> instead of just be naked. Um, and so that was kind of my next, you know, hurdle for my own self, my self-development is, you know, I'm confident in acting strategically and you know in my own skin in front of people but how do I really how can I perform with no direction besides my own self and no creative input besides my own self in front of people who are genuinely reacting to me instead of people that are creating a product that's later going to be edited yeah. and and I tanked so good <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was rambling out the ass. It took me back again to like to high school and to remembering just how like it was really fucking humbling because I think it did get to my head a little bit of, you know, I'm pretty and people like me and I get all this attention and everything is so easy and it's just la da 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 da. And I got on stage and I have, my brain has never been more vacant before. I mean, it was like tumbleweeds just like bouncing around in there. And it's not easy, man. It's not easy. I, uh, I actually was toying me with the idea of doing some sort of like open mic or something just for fun. And, yeah. uh, the closer I got to it, it's just, yeah, it just got so fucking terrified. It was just so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was such a rush to at least just even be up there. And I remember the second time I went up and I was just like, okay, like at least I can breathe on here. Like, cause I remember the first time I actually don't even remember it. Um, like my mind just blinked out. I remember like the light hit me in my eyes and I couldn't see the people and it was just like darkness, you know, it was just, my eyes were open and my brain was thinking and my mouth was spitting out some nonsensical garbage, but I was just frozen. I was like deer in headlights. Um, and then unfortunately I had actually a pretty good bit that I had been practicing. I was excited to go up and my now partner then friend was with me 
and um, didn't get called. Just too many people showed up that day, and it was a raffle, and I didn't get to go on stage. And after that, I haven't been able to do it yet. So uh, hopefully, um, once kind of my personal and professional life kind of streamlined a little bit more, and the world is mildly less chaotic, uh, I'd like to give another shot because I think there's a lot to explore with that. And I just think maybe incorporating fetish into comedy because, like, there's just so many sex jokes, and there's this. I, I find a lot of the humor I see online repetitive, um, and some of it isn't, and some of it's incredibly creative genius, and those people are successful because they bring something unique to the table. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be kind of cool to maybe try to, in a way, raise awareness of what I do and destigmatize it, because that's, that's truly something I'm passionate about, is talking to people about sex work um, and all the different facets of sex work. And really destigmatizing it because it's not dirty and it's it's necessary and essential to happy human health of all genders. And it's really a shame how society really represses that and doesn't let people feel comfortable expressing their their needs and wants. Um, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, within with their sexuality, however it may need to be presented. And uh, I think it'd be kind of cool to see if I can find a way to be funny, be entertaining, and uh, maybe also talk about, you know, this unique world that I get to be a part of and, you know, present it in a way that might be uh, relatable to people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's one of the things that I was actually toying with was to, to write about how, you know, start off the show going like, all right, I produce smut from home. Let's go with that. And just kind of like, you know, tell stories and, and, uh, and you know, just, just kind of like, you know, crack jokes about what we do. Because, I mean, that is one of the things that, that's great about our work is like there's just tons of fucking stories. Yeah. And it's so entertaining, you know. Uh, like right now I'm like my only stories I can tell you is how like I cleaned the toilet last week because I, I feel like that's all I've really done recently is just like cleaning stuff and cooking and just kind of enjoying like a very different lifestyle than what I'm used to. But yeah, like when you I'm really living in work and I you know life is not as uncertain as it is right now man, our lives are so fortunately entertaining. And, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll meet somebody that doesn't know much about me and I tell them even a little tidbit, you know, or a little, I have a couple of stories, you know, obviously I usually kind of go to the segue, you know, introducing somebody into who I am and my lifestyle and like what I do. And, you know, man, seems as people crack up about it and they're like, what, somebody pays you for that? No way. <laughs> it's, it's nice. It's nice to open up people's minds. And I think for the most part, they really do come out of it entertained and um, open more with more perspective. Well, they okay. realize, you know, it's actually kind of cool. Well, being in that, uh, I guess we're talking about the nature of comedy and what we do. Uh, we can finish it off with one final question. This one's from me. So what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you on set? And you tell me your story. I'll tell you mine. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm sure there's more, and I really need to sit down and think about it. Uh, but my go-to story for that answer, or for that question, is when I, this wasn't even for a fetish production, this is actually more for a glamour shoot. Mm -hmm. um, I was probably in my early 20s, and I, at that point, was struggling with 
uh, an eating disorder, you know, just a lot of insecurities and just not being very healthy. Gotcha. And I wanted to be a hot, sexy bit for this hot, sexy photo shoot. And I miscalculated severely. And I ate some laxatives and I drank some uh, magnesium nitrate. Oh, God. And <laughs> didn't go to the bathroom before my photo shoot. And I was like, whatever, two hours, I can pinch it off. I'll be fine. Oh, fucking magnesium. <laughs> right? And that shit hits you hard. And um, we're like wrapping up the shoot, and it's in like, like a very upscale hotel somewhere in Houston. And I'm on the couch, and I'm wearing like my little almost nothing, right? And I'm, you know, doing the contortionist, you know, back arch, this is here, you know, face the camera, legs up, you know, just some, you know, like some high fashion pose on the couch. And I guess I moved something a third way, and my intestines decided that, ha ha, ta da, it is now cleansing time. And. Oh my God. <laughs> I was just like, oh, shit, like, this is about to be traumatic. And I remember, and I was like, I have to just get through this pose because this look looks really great, and then I can run to the bathroom, and, you know, I have, like, 10 more minutes on the clock, and I'm sure if I tell this guy, like, my tummy really hurts, you know, we're human, and I can maybe just go to the bathroom and finish off the set there, but I got to, you know, finish strong, right? And I was with all of my might trying to make sure I don't explode all over this designer couch. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, squinting my eyebrows and, and I remember he like looks up from the camera and he's like, wow, Vika, you have such a powerful expression. You have so much um, emotion in your eyes right now. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, you don't want to know what I'm thinking of right now. And I remember I like ran into the bathroom and I was like, we're done with the set and, and of course, I get in there, and I realize it's one of those stupid doors where, like, there is, like, three inches of clearance between the floor and where the doors start to where, and of course, there's no exhaust fan, so I can't even muffle myself with, you know, some fan going. And it was oh, just, my God. I don't remember how it all unraveled, but it was just awful. And I just remember this poor guy who spent <laughs> so much money on this beautiful hotel room, and what he thought was this dainty, fashionable, you know, classy girl I think was subjected to hearing what only the people that love me get to hear. <laughs> My Christ. No, I mean, yeah. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and the photos came out good. And, you know, and I, I still, I think I still have them in my portfolio somewhere. Every time I see them, and actually, I mean, they look fucking great, great. Cause I really do have this like intensity in my eyes. But, oh my God. Like, they're, they're <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> it's the, uh, are your eyes brown? Why? I mean, I think probably, probably. <laughs> oh man, that's pretty good. That's that's really good. I, I've got I've got almost too many of those stories to count. But I mean, one of them was uh, God. I can't really name anybody, which is good. Um, there's been a few. Uh, there's been some one-liners from the girls that just killed me. Just some really, really fucking good ones. But like, there's uh, we we did a video, a custom video. It was like um, Supergirl, Wonder Woman versus uh, I don't know. It was like a, a female heel. And uh, one of the scenes was like she knocks the girls out and then she ties them, uh, she ties them up, basically puts them back to back, um, hands behind their, their back. And then he just does like a, uh, a two-handed tie on them, connects that tie, and then does like a waist tie on them. Uh -huh. So basically they're just kind of classic, classic bondage. And so we're yeah. done, we're done like, you know, I, and the guy's like, you know, can you make it as tight as possible without hurting the girls? So I, I kept asking, okay, is this okay? Is this tight enough? No, that's okay. All right. A little bit more here. And I was like, okay, try to wriggle out of it. They couldn't wriggle out. They were stuck. And I was like, that's perfect. So right when I grabbed the camera, 
one of the girls, I guess later on I found out she just was not having a good gastro, gastrointestinal week. <laughs> and she just ripped the juiciest fucking fart. Uh, it was it was a it was a nice five second length kind of thing. And then she just looked mortified and she's like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I've been holding that in all fucking day. And the girl, we ran out because we smelled it. I mean, it was it was horrifying. And we like cushion. It was like Oh yeah, it was it was like melt the walls kind of shit. And we uh, the three people that were helping me shoot ran out of the room because we're like, what is that? And then we realized this poor other girl who's tied to her is just like, I can't get free. And she's <laughs> trying it was it was an actual like real life uh what do they call it uh when you're trying to struggle out of a, a you know like, oh, distress like yeah distress, distress. <laughs> it was distress and panic it was literal distress and this poor girl's just like retching just like oh god i can't oh and trying to get out of this tie and we had done it we had tied the tie so well that she couldn't get out of it and i just man i was dying in the hallway because like i we, we kept on trying to send someone in there to help her but every time uh, someone would walk in and be like, oh, God, smell's still there. It's still there. It's still there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there, that's something this industry doesn't prepare you for. I mean, unless you're, like, you're coming in from nursing or something, it's just, like, how okay you're going to have to be with anything and everything that comes in and out of any human body. Yeah. Like, you endure all of it. All, all, all of it. <laughs> One day or another, you will have it on you and you, around you, near you. You'll have to lick it, touch it, smell it squeeze it pop it yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's it's one thing i think that makes people uh i think a little more comfortable with their own bodies is having to be naked around other people and after a while i think it's just like you just get used to it and you're like uh, i we had some of the girls like we did a scene where like two girls were wearing really really sheer thong uh bottoms and there was a scene where they had to kind of fall over with their butts in the air and I just saw one of the girls kind of like picking at the other girls. I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, I'm just making sure you can't see your butthole because you really can. <laughs> okay. She's like trying to maneuver the, the this very <laughs> slight. Like if it's right in the middle, like, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I can see the, uh, I can see the event horizon of your asshole, but not the <laughs> asshole itself. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so there you go. Okay. Well, uh, I don't think we can get it any better than an event horizon of the asshole statement. So. Uh, you know, that it's actually quite poetically clo beautiful closure. So let's do this. Uh, let's have you, uh, let's, let's plug some of your stuff. Um, where can we find you? A clips for sale store, anything that you guys have up or? I'm currently on Twitter. That is what I use the most. I am Vika, V-I-K-A underscore model on Twitter. Um, and you know what? A lot of my Future endeavors will be siphoned in through that because, like I said, my partner and I are in the middle of getting a clips for sale up and running after we finish editing. Um, I have Fet Life. It's also under Vika underscore model. Um, I'm also inevitably, hopefully, eventually going to get a clips, uh, not a clips for sale, what do you call it? Um, oh, my God. I just I forgot the word sailor today. What's the other word? <laughs> the that all the girls are doing right now where you can, like, pay-per-view and, like, subscribe to it. What do you call that crap? It's not a Patreon. It's a... Is it, it's not OnlyFans, right? It's an OnlyFans. There you go. Well, and you know, I haven't even drank the wine I was supposed to drink today. Can you believe it? Oh, man. It'll yeah. all be there. I'll put it all on Twitter. Um, that's like the nice centralized place to go to for updates. So Perfect. All right. Well, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I missed the wine, too. I've actually... Uh, I've been trying to back up on the wine drinking because I, well, I think I used to drink like almost every night. Just, I mean, not, not get sloshed, but, you know, have a couple of glasses. And I've found that, you know, 
having taken a break from it, I, I can, it's, it's, it's been beneficial, but man, yeah. I miss, I miss that flavor. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, weight, I mean, alcohol just, you cut it and the weight just melts off so easy. Dude, it's, I'm, I'm I over shit. Like it just, it's literally just melting off of me. And all I did is like not drink Trulies. Like that's oh, it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's magic. We, um, you, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I, I've gained like, I think something like 15 pounds of COVID weight. So now I, I need to start getting back to the gym and, and cutting down on, on the, the carbs. Cause that's the one thing like I've, every time I, I ate coming into this, I was get I had that weird like depression from having the COVID. So, you know, you'd eat comfort food and, yeah. and you back away from drinking. And then, uh, and then suddenly it's like, I picked the wrong time to fucking quit drinking. Oh, for um, sure. But yeah, my dude just made something delicious in the kitchen, and I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to just like get that shit all up in my mouth hole. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of garlic in whatever he made, so it's just oh, so exciting. Oh, garlic is jam. Herbs and fat and butter in it. <laughs> garlic is fantastic. All right, well, um, I guess we can uh, go ahead and, and wrap this up. Thank you so much for for being with us tonight. Um, uh, looking forward to, to seeing you in the flesh again soon. Hopefully, we'll get you up here Definitely. so we can do some shoots and also just socialize because i think we a lot of us need that you know um, yeah i miss seeing in people flesh, face to face definitely. in the flesh uh for uh for my stuff guys as always you can find me um on twitter as sleeper kid and then uh, you have skwppv.com for pay-per-view and um i am on instagram i think as oh god is it sleeper kid skw let me look and see i i I had to reset it up because they took me down because, you know, all those smutty pictures of women wearing clothing. Right. Um, I gave up on Instagram. I was like, it's just too much to invest for the chance of getting everything like pulled out from underneath you too. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Oh, it's super kid SKW. That's one word on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Facebook uh, and also um, uh, superkidsworld.com for all, all, all of our free content. And our sister site is at centrally savage productions.com. Um, so come check us out. And in the meantime, uh, Vika, why don't you say uh, adios? Oh, that was perfect. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.